Hebrews chapter 6. There's a danger in this hour. As, as I was reading and studying about uh, the last days this week, if you look in the Greek, and I really like what Rick Renner says, he says we're living in the last of the last days. Not the beginning, but the end of the last days. And so we need to be aware and, and alert. And <clears throat> last, on this disc, I'm get off a tangent here. I wasn't going to say this, but this is what I mean about you need to be alert in the natural. You need to have your spiritual radar going. Yesterday, <clears throat> I came down the steps in the evening. I was going up and down, taking stuff in. Caleb was, you know Caleb, he's an outdoorsman. He was out somewhere out, I don't know where he was, by Ocanto, and it's just a big area. He's scouting out deer. My God, it's 90-some degrees, and he's out scouting deer. <clears throat> and I came down the steps, and in my spirit, came through my spirit, rattlesnake Caleb. Well, you know, I pray every day, and I, Kathy prays and speaks over, you know, you need to pray for your kids and speak the word over. And I came, by the time I came into the bottom of the steps and turned around, he called me and said, Dad, I almost stepped on a rattlesnake. And if he hadn't been alert and looking ahead, he would have stepped right on it. It was about a five-foot prairie rattlesnake. He says he hates snakes anyway. He just hates snakes. <clears throat> and he turned around and says, I'm going back to the truck. I'm going home. But I said that. And I wasn't going to say it because <clears throat> it's on Facebook anyway. So it takes the joy out to tell anything because everything's on Facebook. But we all love Facebook. Nothing wrong with Facebook. But I say that today to tell you. <clears throat> Some of you will step on a spiritual rattlesnake and then you'll say, God, how come? Why did this happen in my life? It's because you're not alert. You're not looking ahead. You're living for the moment. And you get bit and then you blame the preacher, you blame the message, you blame God has nothing to do with God or the message. It's because you are slumbering and you're asleep spiritually. We all <clears throat> should call Caleb and thank him for that illustration. Hebrews 6. This, this chapter is about the peril of not progressing or not maturing, staying where you're at spiritually. You know, the last few weeks, I've been studying about how to be led by the Spirit of God. And part of me, there's just a deep desire. I want to know him. He is such an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. Remember that song? We need to go back to some of that old stuff. He's an awesome God. And I want to know him. I want to know his ways. See, the children of Israel knew his acts. But Moses knew his ways. I want to know. I, you can laugh at me all you want. 
And, but I, 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 I'm interested in, in the past. When I'm, I, you know, I'm interested in what happened before Genesis. It's just in me. If I could, if I'd been sharper and been more astute as a student, I just wanted to get by in school. I'd gone into archaeology, you know, all these things. I'm interested in the past. And I was watching something the other day and had a picture of a dinosaur. How many of you are interested in dinosaurs? I am. And it showed a picture of a dinosaur. Boy, we're really getting off today. Dinosaur, the fossil of the, the, the footprint. And what was more astounding next to that dinosaur footprint was a human footprint. See, people just read books and they just think, oh, this is the way it was. There's more to it, folks. Our God is an awesome God. And there's, a, there's the peril, of, well, the margin of my Bible says the peril of not progressing. We've got to continue to, to move forward even when we're attacked spiritually, even when we're persecuted. And the danger is this, is going to sleep spiritually. Becoming spiritually lethargic and indifferent. Not caring about what's going on in the land. I was so grateful she told me about that. That was an awesome thing. And we'll see if we can get that and fix that. To think that there are pastors, spirit-filled men and women of God, laying hands on a Donald Trump. Go figure. (laughs) But that's our God. He's an awesome God. And he doesn't have to do it the way the Democrats do it. He doesn't have to do it the way the Republicans and the Independents do it. He does it his way. And his way is the only way. And we need to get hooked up with his way. Marge, in another translation of this, it says, in order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggards. You become disinterested in church, disinterested in continuing to read the word and pray in tongues. Amen? And that's a danger. One translation says, quit being slothful. Quit acting like someone who's lost his enthusiasm and excitement and has now sunk into a state of being slow, boring, monotonous, sluggish, dull, and uninterested. I don't want to be like that. So one of the ways of of making sure you don't get into that state of being is found in 2 Timothy 1. You don't need to turn there. It says, I'm putting you, Paul said to Timothy, I'm putting you in memory of all these things so that by your remembering them you might stir up the gift of God that is in you. So when we go back and we remember what God has done for us, remember a couple weeks ago? We remember, and I heard some wonderful testimonies. That stirs your faith. You go back, and one of them, my, I've got so many memories and, and things of what God has done for Kathy and I when we first met, and 
I was going to Bible school, and she just graduated from ORU and had been through a year of, of teaching in my hometown. We met, and I said, we're, we're, we, we got engaged. We got married in a matter of few months, and we were going to take a U-Haul, <clears throat> load it up, and move to Tulsa to Bible school. And I'll never forget that. We didn't have the right hitch to pull the tr- my little love truck. I had a little love truck. And I'll never forget getting ready to go down to the last day. See, God is always usually down to the last hour, the last minute. Somebody drove in from another state and dropped off a hitch, exactly what we needed to pull my truck. Go figure. I could tell you story after story of God's provision, how he supernaturally provided. And see, now I look back, and back then we didn't have a pot or the window to throw it out of. Remember that saying? We had humble, humble beginnings. This church had humble, humble beginnings. And what is the danger is God blesses, then we become satisfied, and we don't really press into him anymore. We're just satisfied with what we have. And, and I go back and think how we used to exercise our faith even to have groceries. That man of God, Rodney Howard Brown, I, I don't know much about him, but he came to this country from where, Australia? The $300 to be a missionary to America. And then ends up in the Oval Office. Go figure. See, we, God is a big God, and he has big plans for us. He has, he has big plans for the church here. But the danger is we become satisfied. Oh, Lord, do not let us become satisfied with our spiritual condition. But let there be a desire birthed within our hearts to press in and to ask you for more. More souls. So we need to stir up the gift. And that's what we do when we remember. Remember in the Greek is defined as a written record used to memorialize a person's actions. It's a monument or a tombstone. The purpose of a monument is intended to help us remember someone, to remember an event so it won't be forgotten. I don't want you to forget what God's done for you. Don't forget you were once headed to hell, but now you're a born-again believer headed to heaven. Our memories of what God has done for us in the past can be forgotten. Memories, now listen, memories must be deliberately maintained if they are to remain alive in our hearts and minds. I got tickled because Caleb prayed. Sometimes you wonder if your kids pray. But Caleb prayed, and the minute after he saw that rattlesnake, he thanked God that he didn't step on it. And I said, and he said, we just got done writing out a tithe check. See, it pays to serve God. If significant memories are not deliberately passed on to future generations, they become lost just like a neglected grave. We said, remember, we defined it in Greek. In the Hebrew, it means to make mention, which means what? To talk. To make mention, to bring into mind, to recollect, to meditate upon, to mark down, to record, to recall, and to retain in one's thoughts. 
It means to nurture one's care for another by continually considering that person and reflecting on him. To remember something or someone is to approve of, to acknowledge, and to treat as a matter of importance. Whereas to forget something or someone is to dismiss or abandon as unimportant. So we need to remember, don't we? You need to go back and remember where you were. I, will, I never forget <clears throat> in a, Mike Creer and Jim Rhodes, who are not in the church anymore, but we were down here praying, and we were praying about our worship. And God gave me a word. He says, you'll not come behind in any good gift. It was a rhema word. Well, look at our worship today. And I stand here thinking today, why aren't pe- more people here? You know, in Norfolk, Nebraska, you don't get that quality of worship. Mm-mm. They don't. And so we need to pray their eyes be open. That's what we prayed last Wednesday for the worship, that people discern and recognize how important it is to worship. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 5. I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad you care about the things of God. I want to touch on today the fact, and I don't think we're going to get all through this, but I want you to know this about the, the subject of remembering. It's commanded. We are commanded by God to remember. And so in in Deuteronomy chapter 5, are you there? We have the Ten Commandments that are being reviewed here. But in verse 15, speaking to the nation of Israel, it says, And remember that you were a what? You need to remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So God's telling the nation of Israel they need to remember that they were what? Slaves. They were slaves in Egypt. They came out of slavery into the things of God. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 20. Deuteronomy 6.20, it says, When your son asks you in time to come, saying, What is the meaning of testimonies, the statutes, the judgments which the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your what? Your son. We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and the Lord showed signs and wonders before our eyes, great and severe against Egypt, Pharaoh, and all his household. This is a good scripture, verse 23. Then he brought us out from there that he might what? Bring us in to give us the land of which he swore to our fathers. Look at Deuteronomy 15. I'm telling you today, folks, you have to take time and think about and remember what God's done for you. Deuteronomy 15, verse 15. Here again he says, And you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore I command you this thing today. So do you think it was important for Israel to remember where they came from? Do you think it's important for you and I to remember where we came from? Yes. We'll look at that now. Look at New Testament. Look at Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. I like what we sang today. We need to remind ourselves. 
We need to remind ourselves of God's love and God's provision. Romans chapter 5 and verse 6. Romans 5 and verse 6. It says, for when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Were you ungodly once? For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Look at Romans 6. Making it easy today. You don't have to turn very far. Romans 6, verse 17. It says, but God be thanked that though you were, what? Slaves, here again, of sin. Slaves of sin. Yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered, and having been set free from sin. Say, I've been set free from sin. You became slaves of righteousness. Wouldn't you rather be a slave of righteousness than a slave of sin? Yeah. Look at Ephesians 2. I'm giving you scripture today because I want you to see it's in here how important it is to remember. It's commanded. God expects you and I to remember where we came from. Ephesians 2, this is, this is wonderful. Just, just listen to me. Read it to you. In fact, this is what I want you to do. Close your eyes. Don't go to sleep. If you're snoring by the time I'm done, I'm going to come over and step on your toes. I got a lot of people yawning today. I understand. (laughs) And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, listen, Harvest Church, but God who is rich in mercy, because of his great love which which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace, in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Open your eyes. That's the living word of God. That tells you who you are. You start getting down, getting down on yourself. You know, I don't like it when people put themselves down. We should confess who we are in Christ. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God arranged for you and I to walk in good works. Amen? We're, say, I'm his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Amen. Now look back to Deuteronomy. 
Almost done here. Deuteronomy 32. Some of you don't like the way you look. Some people don't like if they're skinny. Some people don't like if they're fat. Some people don't like the fact where they came from. Their parents were stupid. Of course, most kids think their parents are stupid. Don't know anything. You need, you need to re- remind yourself who you are. You know, you young people today, <laughs> looking, kind of searching for where you are and for God's purpose in life, you know, don't get down on yourself. Don't be hard on yourself. Remind yourself. You know, I pray for my kids. I remind God the seed of a righteous man is blessed. He probably gets tired of me. The seed of a righteous man is delivered. I've been young, now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken. There's seed begging bread. I pray for my seed. I pray for Caleb and Micah. I pray for Kaylee. I pray for you. You need, young people need to know, if you're the son and daughter of, you're the righteousness of God in Christ if you're a born-again believer, but know that you're blessed. Even if your kids are squirrely and stupid, because they will be squirrely, and they will be stupid, and they'll do stupid things, but that doesn't mean there's not the seed of a righteous man and woman. And so stand on that word, whether all hell's coming against them. You don't see things changing in the natural. Stand on the word of God. He's faithful. He's faithful. His word is faithful. He doesn't change and his word doesn't change. Remind him of your word, of his word. Don't remind him of of their stupidity. Remind the father, father, you said, well, I, I held, you know, I held my kids and dedicated them to the Lord. If you did that, stand on that. In Deuteronomy, chapter, what did I say? I'm lost here. What? 32. Verse 7. Here's the scripture again. We're in Deuteronomy a lot. This is Old Testament. This this is the the song of Moses. You remember after they were delivered, there was a song of Miriam, and now Moses is singing and declaring God's greatness. But in verse 7, it says, Remember the days of old and consider the years of many generations. Ask your father and he will show you, your elders and they will tell you. When the Most High divided their inheritance to the nations, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the boundaries of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people, and Jacob is the place of his inheritance. We're supposed to remember. Look at Psalm 44. Psalm 44. Psalm 44, verse 1 through 3, it says, We've heard with our what? We've heard with our what? Remember in, in the Hebrew, remember means to mention. We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us the deeds you did in their days and days of old. You drove out the nations with your hand, but them you planted. You afflicted the peoples, cast them out. For they did not gain possession of the land by their own sword, nor did their own arm save them, but it was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance, because you favored them. 
God doesn't favor me. Oh, yes, he does. He does. Look at um, Psalm 78. Psalm 78. Give ear, O my what? My people to my law. Incline your what? Ears to the words of my mouth, and I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we've heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children. Telling to the generation to come the praises of God and his strength and wonderful works that he's done. I am supposed to tell Micah about what God has done. You are commanded of God to tell the next generation and tell your kids what God has done for you. Amen? That's the truth. Kathy's reading a book by Ben Sass right now. That man is intelligent. I didn't know yet if I liked him, but I like him. We're a multicultural. We have... We have an older generation here, represented by Nutter. Some of you are older, but we need you. We need the, 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 the past generations to give us insight because they'll tell you where they screwed up so you don't have to make the same mistake. Amen? Part of training your children, we're supposed to train them up in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Telling, or part of the training your children is to tell them what God has done for you and your family, to instill in them a trust and an expectation that God will bless and deliver them too. We have, have an obligation. You are commanded by God. You have a responsibility to tell your kids and your grandkids. Now, I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to close with this. <clears throat> I'm very blessed to have a heritage. And many, many years ago, in the early 90s, I started doing ancestral studies on, because I wanted to know if anybody in my past was a man or woman of God. Because some of them, my grandpa on my dad's side was an alcoholic. A lot of you that you've got alcoholic backgrounds, <laughs> your families. And on one side, my grandpa, other one, he was on the McNerney side. He was Irish. What do you think he did? <laughs> but, you, but I've got such good, good spiritual roots, and so does Kathy. And somewhere down the line, a relative wrote this about my great-grandfather. His name was Isaac which means laughter. I'm going to read part of this to you. Because remember, I was searching, searching for a past. And I found this. Somebody had written, In the early days when this section of Nebraska was thrown, up, thrown open to settlement and men from various parts of the country secured claims in Jefferson County, where I come from, I.S. Gardner obtained a homestead and has since been identified with agricultural interests and has been a helpful factor in the upbuilding and substantial progress of this community. He was still alive when this was written. He arrived here on the 18th of April, 1868, and secured the northwest quarter of Section 12 in Richland Precinct, right north of Fairbury. He was born in Jefferson County, Indiana, near Madison, 
1845, his paternal grandfather, Samuel Gardner, was a native of New York. Once he removed to Ohio and there spent his remaining days, his son, William Gardner, Isaac's father, was born in Claremont County, now was reared in the Buckeye State and, and a daughter, blah, blah, blah. Mr. and Mrs. William Gardner removed to Jefferson County, Indiana, and subsequently came to Nebraska and secured a homestead in Richland Precinct in 1868. So he and his son Isaac together got um, secured a homestead. It says, here he carried on agricultural pursuits until 1900 when he retired at the age of 86. He retired at the age of 86. Got long life on the gardener's side. Now listen to this next statement. This was Isaac's father. He was a devoted member of the United Brethren Church, as was his wife, who passed away at the age of 83 years. So right there, a clue. United Brethren. I got on and I can't find any real specific, but there's, they're very evangelistic. Then it goes on to talk about I.S. Gardner, my great-grandfather. He started, it says his career was romantic and intensely in, romantic and intensely interesting. He'd endured hardships and had known the joys of life. In the spring of 1868, he came to Nebraska City, bringing with him his wife, father, and mother. He found work for several months, desired uh, to, to make money, desired homestead land, being farther west, and then drove on, the, on, he drove on, and the homesteads were then settled and joined together. They were located seven miles north of Fairbury. He built a sod house <clears throat> on the landline of their homesteads, half of it on one homestead, half on the other. This fulfilled the requirements of the law, and yet one house answered the purpose for the two homesteads, as soon as the house was completed, he went back to Nebraska City, worked until late winter in order to have enough money to buy a yoke of oxen and a few necessities. Then he brought his family. It says, uh, in 1870, they witnessed the noted Nebraska blizzard. <laughs> and it says, without reading it to you, basically, they didn't have enough room for the oxen, so they, they moved the cow into the, into the soddy during the blizzard. Okay, how many of you know that? That's like the car of the day. It says that night of the blizzard, um, their daughter Eva was born. Um, but that, so I, I'm going all. I'm just about done. But I told you about my great great grandfather. But listen, what it says about my great grandfather Isaac. He went through hard years and good years, gaining financially. Finally, built a larger, more comfortable house. Um, he built a large two-story, eight-room house, very picturesque in architecture, one of the finest homes around the country. In the early days, now listen, this is what got me all excited. In the early days, the Gardner home was the scene of many revival meetings. <laughs> and it was the headquarters of, for most of the religious services of the day. So right there tells me I've got spiritual roots. It goes on and talks about um, he'd gone to Fairbury one day and came back and his whole house, this house was burned to the ground. He had orchards, raised bushels and bushels of apples, but he started over. And so it tells you about the spirit, that pioneer spirit, you know. I find this interesting. I'm interested in my past. 
Some of it I'm not. I mean, but I, I want to know my spiritual roots, and I found out I got ancestors that love Jesus. So I believe that same spirit will be carried on with the next generation, but we owe them, we're obligated to tell them about God and remember what good things God has done. Let's stand to our feet this morning. This week again, maybe you don't have a past like I've got. Maybe you don't know about your ancestors. Well, then that's all right. Just remind yourself who you are and what God's done for you spiritually. He loves you. You're a child and daughter of the Most High God. 